This is Nursing in America. Each week we speak with incredible nurses from all over the world who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. Welcome to Nursing in America. I am your host, Tanya Friedman, Chief Executive Officer here at Kinetics USA. I've invited Luciana De Silva to be the guest host for a few episodes. She'll be speaking with nurses now living in America to figure out what life is really like. Enjoy. Today I'm speaking to Jovic. He's known from his successful YouTube channel as Nurse Juan. He's from Sampaga City, a small city in the Philippines, and now lives and works in Kentucky. I want to you know, hear a little bit about your journey to the United States. What made you want to come here and work? Ever since, ever since I took up nursing, it's because of the dream of the U.S. dream, really. Um, I have some few relatives who are already here, of course. Uh, some of them are nurses, and they're really encouraging us to come to the U.S. And I think I'm not the only person with that same case. Most of us, most of us really, most of the Filipinos have that kind of mentality where in the relatives are the one urging you to come to the U.S. as soon as possible. So same thing for me. Um, after I graduated, I took the NCLEX maybe one year after. And unfortunately, uh, retrogression. So I went to a different route. I stayed in the Philippines for five more years or five or six years. Then I went to Singapore. Then in Singapore, um, one of my friends like, just referred me to an agency. and. Um, back then, I was too lazy, too lazy already about the U.S. dream, and I wasn't really planning, like really aiming to go anymore. So I just go whatever goes. So I just submitted some of my documents, and fortunately enough, the retrogression was lifted. So that's why I ended up coming here and to that particular agency. Okay, um, let's talk a little bit about what you did when you when you were arriving here. How did you budget? to come? What was everything that was going through oh. your head and how did you save money and how much did you save? And When I arrived here, um, we were advised to bring at least like $7,000. Uh, that's the price that they told us for this particular state. Uh, so we prepared that. But of course, we have additional uh, money in our bank account, uh, like a debit account back in Singapore. So that was that's what we were using just in case of emergency. Like we really need to a source of uh, source of money, then we can use that or access that. So when I arrived here, um, I think I was really like, you know, set or I really didn't have the great idea of what I'm really gonna face when I arrived here. So I'll be honest, it was not as fun and not as what I expected. <laughs> Actually, that's one of the reasons why I ended up doing the video because uh, it's like my American dream when I arrived here. It's like like crumples, like okay, this is not what I expected. So, so, so like in terms of budget, um, our our agency actually offered us like there will be like one thousand dollars relocation fee, and they will pay us like for one month relocation. So for me, I think I thought it was really a big deal. Like I thought one thousand was a big chunk of money, but it turns out it won't even pay like for my two months apartment here. So it's like one thousand went by like as quick as that. Yes, wasn't enough. The one thousand. <laughs> Why not? Go ahead. Um, and little did I know, 
Little that I know that other agencies or other like here, if you would recall, uh, relocate to a different area, they can give you us like um like five thousand dollars for some agencies, not like um agencies from Philippines to here, but agencies like if I move from Kentucky, I go into a different state, they can give me as much as five thousand or even fifteen thousand. I have someone who uh went with that deal, so it's like I was dined with um one thousand dollars and. It's <laughs> I didn't know it was like little enough. Uh, Budget-wise, uh, I have to pick this, the smallest apartment I could find and the cheapest apartment, and which is like a $425 as the apartment went by. And it was really small. Uh, small in terms of U.S. standards, but for us back in Singapore or Philippines, it was just enough. Like in Singapore, I, we were just renting a room and we were paying the same amount. Same amount for the same house I'm paying here. So this apartment was quite like an upgrade for us because we had like privacy and everything. So that's one of the good things. Uh, staying in a rural place, it's really cheaper. Cheaper as compared to if you stay like in New York, I think the apartments will be like $1,000 or more. So that will definitely kill my budget more, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, how did I save? Of, um, definitely we try to limit our budget in terms of grocery and buying stuff. We try to be like a minimalist as much as possible. Buy things that are only important. Uh, but And we try to do things like buy in like Goodwill. Goodwill is a really good place for us to buy some stuff like uh, basic uh, things that that are really simple, but it's essential. Like jackets, uh, sweatshirts, sweatpants, and all those little things. And they're really, really cheap. Uh, Grocery-wise, uh, grocery is honestly cheaper here. Cheaper than as compared back in Singapore. For my particular case, I have to pay like a down payment for my car loan. And that's one of the biggest things for me. And of course, I have to keep a budget because... You'll never know if you're going to need money for emergency reasons. So budget-wise, I really have to be tight. I even chose the cheapest uh, brand new car I could ever find uh, because I was feeling that I really need to really need to keep money more, money more for uh, emergency reasons. Okay, awesome. And what about whenever you got here, you were talking about that it wasn't what you expected. That this American dream that it was not exactly what you had expected and other people go through that too. Tell me about that. Okay. Because when I came here, before, um, sorry, even before I came here, uh, when they gave me the offer, they gave me, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my offer. It's like $20 and 50 cents. So for me, I thought it was really big. Really. I was, I was that like innocent and didn't do research much, much. So I ended up getting $20.50. So it turns out that money is like the bare minimum for like uh, like for my, uh, for my profession. It's like a bare minimum here going to your field. So with that, uh, with all the computations, everything, I couldn't save much. I think I could only save maybe around $300 to $500 per month, which is definitely not like an ideal American dream for me. I'm even saving more back in Singapore. In Singapore, I was able to save like $1,000 US dollars every month. Here's like less than half. So I, was, I wasn't I was expecting that. And to the point like, um, like I said, the hourly rate that they gave me was really low. 
Uh, and it was really a big blow for me when I knew that some of my colleagues who went to direct agency, they got like uh, 28, 27 to 28. So that's like a seven to eight dollars difference. And which I never knew. I never knew that that's how big a difference it was. Mm-hmm. And to the and to think that I tried to bargain, I tried to bargain for a higher wage for the twenty dollars and fifty cents. So I really tried, and I said, no, um, the state will be the one like will be basing it through the state uh, salary, like in first entry, something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't know that I should have bargained more, and really insisted. So that was really a down point for me for my American dream. And until now, I am really. I'm really a bit bitter, really bitter for uh, signing that particular contract without even doing a proper research. So, and I didn't even know about like I didn't even know like, like Connectics or any direct agencies. I had no idea, um, and I didn't know that the processing would be like similar, like really, really similar. Uh, so I really, I really wish that I didn't go for a staffing agency. I really wish I went to direct agency such as yours. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's you know good thing to let people know that that's the benefit of direct yeah. hire. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I think I, I was really in my one of my videos. I really pointed out the budget, the budget for coming to the U.S. under a staffing agency, and I compared between staffing agency. Um, probably I'll do more about it soon because I'm really I'm really trying to discourage people to go like uh, what happened to my case I really want them to get a better life like uh, life with the uh, equality like equal rights rights that you should be getting if you come here to the US uh, because like for me I have an experience of more than I think 10 years 10 years or 12 years uh, versus those coming here to the US under a direct agency they have like one or two years experience and they're getting paid more Regular pay, 2017, and it was really a big blow to my ego. So, just as like, I really want to kill myself. <laughs> well, that's good that you you know whenever you make that video about the the direct hire versus staffing, you know, always mention Kinetics in there because that was something I didn't know till I started working with Kinetics that there was this sort of difference in how that that worked, and that's mm-hmm. super common. Yes, yes, it is. And it's like in my case or a lot of our cases, it's like we're being taken advantage of that because maybe because it's not really wide, widely known about direct agency and how the processing are. So uh, I really wish that I should have known about it. Well, so then let's just talk about, so you got to the United States and you arrive at the airport. Did you get an Uber? Did you have a car rental waiting for you? How did you get to your first spot? Uh, for us, they actually they actually gave us an options. Either we could get a car and drive ourselves directly to our like a specific place uh, through under international auto source. That's what they were offering then. If we would sign up at least for that particular uh, deal. Um, but I wasn't sure yet about what car to pick up because I have no idea and I'm not really a good driver and I didn't know about the rules and like specific rules for driving here in the US. So I really didn't opt for that. So our agency uh, fixed were in, they really fetched us uh, from the airport. They brought us to a particular hotel. We stayed in for one night. And then early morning, we went to our particular area because it was like three hours from airport coming here to my place. 
How did you search for an apartment? Apartment once, uh, she, she was actually, when we arrived here, that's one of our agendas is to find an apartment. And they toured us around, tried to look for places wherein we could stay. And referral, referral from those people who were staying in particular the Filipino community. And we ended up getting one of the houses um, wherein most of us were staying. Um, like most of the nurses and the doctors. So we got it here. What were the costs like to rent your apartment? Did you have to put down a deposit? How did that work? For my particular apartment, we have to pay one, like one month advance and one month deposit. Then I have to start up for the electricity and you have to pay deposit. Like for me, I had to pay like $250 for the deposit for the, I'm sorry, for the water, for the water and the garbage disposal. And electricity have to do like a down payment or $50, $50 or so. Yeah. So what else did I have to do? Uh, I have to do the Wi-Fi, the internet. Then I have to buy all the things I need because it wasn't fully furnished. So you have to think about it also. Like the bed, like the uh, like a TV or sofa table, um, everything that you need for your like to be convenient to stay in the particular house. Where did you go to buy all of your furniture to do all those things? Furniture-wise, uh, like I said, I was too innocent. I didn't know where to buy some stuff. So good thing for the bed, our landlady offered us uh, like a, she just gave us like a bed for a really good price, like $80, including like a cabinet and all. So that was a good deal. Unfortunately, the bed for us, what she gave us was too small. And I think it was owned by previous tenant in one of her units. So, And she just gave it to us uh, with that price. Uh, but we ended up buying buying another set of mattress. Uh, we, went, we went to like Big Lots. Uh, the mattress they were selling was a bit expensive. It was nice, but it was expensive for a budget. So what I did was I searched in Facebook. We went to one of the stores wherein they were selling like a demo mattress, like a um, mattress that are being sold in like for show, like in Big Lots, but they're not actually selling it. And they send to those like places like demo mattress. So that that's what we bought. We bought for $150. And it was a good, it is a good mattress until now. It's a good price. <laughs> that is a really good price. Then for other stuff, I had to buy in Walmart, of course. Yeah, when the next will be definitely Walmart. Walmart for a lot of items, like beddings, like pillow. Um, most of the things you need, the utensils and everything. Then for the big bulky stuff, like for example, the table. Uh, we had to buy a sturdy table because the place that we rent didn't have like a, a kitchen countertop. So we had to buy a, a sturdy table. So we ended up getting it Amazon. So everything you need, like a bulky stuff, I couldn't get it because of the car that I chose. The car that I chose, like a like a regular subcompact sedan type. So you cannot put anything really big, like a bulky things. Like you cannot put a table, you cannot put um, like a sofa. Washing machine, you can you can do all those things. So I ended up buying everything in Amazon. I bought a small like a wash, washing machine in Amazon, and it ended up so small. <laughs> I was we were imagining like the washing machine like would be like a regular size back in the Philippines, but when it arrives like a mini version of it. So <laughs> that was like a one bloopers for us. <laughs> then for the table. Uh, they send us a table wherein you have to like to assemble it. And it was it was 
tough doing the assembly because some of the instructions were not really good. And after doing everything, after a month, it was not as good. So we ended up getting partially refunded for it. So just nice. We'll be back with the conversation in just a second. There's a wonderful opportunity for you. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work in healthcare facilities here in the USA. If you are interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. On with the show. On that note, whenever you were, you know, getting your apartment together, was it difficult because of credit? Because for to buy a lot of these things, you need oh. credit. Talk to me a little bit about credit and how you built credit whenever you got here. Okay. For the house, uh, our landlady was not really particular for the credit score. She didn't care about it. So that's one good thing. Uh, she didn't ask for like specific social security numbers. She didn't ask for those. Unlike, so unlike for most of the people who were asking me to my, to my blog, they were asking about uh, because in their situation, they were really, they really need to wait for the social social security number for some of them, which is really, which is really not good. <laughs> it's really hard for them. Uh, I told them try to convince them, to give them like your contract. Maybe you can convince them anyways. Um, credit score wise, my credit score didn't build up much. Um, like for example, I wanted to, I wanted to get a car. Um, the car that they gave us for that particular credit score. They give me like an 8.5%, 8.5 to 7.5% loan for $17,000. That's the credit score they gave us. Uh, My agent actually told me that's good enough. That's good enough for you because she was expecting actually like 12 to 16% APR for someone who doesn't have a credit score. So that's what she told us. And she was really good. Like her intention was really good. Little did I know that you could get something else like really cheaper. If I went to like a credit union, which I could have got like uh, 4% or 4.2%, something like that. So if I went through that, I could have really saved more, like really saved more. And actually I ended up getting uh, like doing a refinance for my car uh, after like six months. And I was able to put it down to 4.4% for my APR. My credit score didn't really go up with using like payment for the car monthly. For doing for almost one year, it didn't even reach for 700 points. It didn't. So, but after I get a credit card, maybe a month or two, it's like, uh, when like 710, 718. So that's what I should have done in the first place. Getting a credit card as soon as you can. Unfortunately, if... Like in my case, if you went to like a local banks, they won't give it to you. I tried applying and it ended up like um, putting my credit scores like moderate or like a minimum risk about asking or inquiring about those things. So um, if I knew like, if I, I sorry, I didn't know that I could get a credit, a credit card from like a credit union as soon as I can here. So if I get it from them, I think within five or six months, I could have really, really reached like 700 points. If as compared, if I get it like a debit card from a local bank here, so that's like a typical. That's like my typical history for my credit score here. Wherein uh, my really advice, my advice is really to get a credit card as soon as you can, and you can only get it from like credit union banks. That's a really, really great piece of advice. Um, I've heard several nurses say that, "Hey, I wish I knew about credit unions because it would have changed." So much. So you didn't have any any trouble, um, you know, 
without having any credit for a credit union to give you a card? Yes. Uh, in fact, most of our um, colleagues here who came here after me, they got everything from credit union. So most of them from the start, they they said they will give uh, like a 4% or something like initial start for new immigrants. So they want, your credit score won't really matter. So that's really a good thing. Uh, for us, particularly, we use here is Advantial Credit Union. So that's the one we're using for the credit card. So it's a really, really good help. And you were talking about buying a car and you know, the loan that you got for buying a car, but I'm sure that you had to get a license or a learner's permit to go with that to be able to drive because you got here and you said you didn't even know about the rules here. So tell me about the process to, to register your car and to get your license. How does that work? Okay. Uh, to get a car, they didn't really ask me to have a license in the U.S. They didn't. So for me, I had my Philippine license as well as my international license. So they like credited, they they granted it for that particular reasons. So I was able to get my card with using with that license only. But and but little did I know that if you went with that kind of uh, license and you get a car, your insurance is really really high, like really really high. I had to pay, I think, $450 or $470 for my brand new car insurance. Yes. <laughs> so that's how high it was. So I really advise them to really have a U.S. license even before getting your car or getting an insurance. Because after two weeks, after two weeks, I get my social, uh, sorry, I get my license for, sorry, I get the license from the DMV and the insurance went down to $130. See, so from four fifty went to one hundred thirty dollars. So that's really a really a big jump. So good thing I was able to change as soon as possible. For the licensing, uh, DMV here is not really quite, uh, let's say, uh, like organized or like similar to other states. Uh, a lot of people in Lefora they will tell you you don't need to have an international license. A lot of people will tell you that in a lot of states. And even the international auto source, they told me you don't have to have like international license to, ab- to be able to drive in the U.S. Because we have like a reciprocity for the license from the Philippines to the U.S. And we can drive like maybe six months maximum. But when we went to the DMV, uh, sorry, when we went to the DMV office, they told us, no, you really have to have your DMV license in order for you to drive. It's like, okay. <laughs> so I uh, wasn't expecting that. So I ended up getting an international license. Uh, it's also because the DMV also told me, you can only drive it here if you have an international license. So I had to process the getting the international license through mail from here to the US. So I was able to have here to the Philippines. So I was able to do that within one week. So I, re- I received the international license. Good thing they were allowing like proxy. Proxy, like I asked, asked someone to do it for me back home. Uh, after which, um, so the DMV told me I really have to take the written test and the actual driving test. That's what it told me initially. So for me, I had to study. Uh, you have to study like a 70 pages for Kentucky. You have to read all those things and you have to do like tests. And the test is not as easy as you think. It's not that easy. It's quite, uh, you really have to maybe give like three days or five days in order for you to get to get the hang of getting the test. If not, you have to take it again on the a week or so. I think that's like the grace period they can do. 
And so after I get my so after I get my car, two weeks later I get the exam. So the DMV uh, they gave me the permit for me to sorry, I passed the written exam. After I passed the written exam, I was expecting them to give me a schedule for the driving test because that's what they initially told me. I really I still need to do the driving test. But during the time there was a different uh, person who was like on guard or on the station on that particular DMV. So he told me I don't have to do the driving test. Oh, okay. <laughs> so after passing the written test, they just gave me, we just like, they just gave me the license for the DMV since I already have an LTO or like a license back in the Philippines. So they gave me a license immediately. So that was a really good class for me and I didn't expect that because if if I knew that I, sh- I wouldn't be doing the um, driving test anymore, I uh, shouldn't have waited for two weeks. Uh, I waited for two weeks because I had to do the practice like for the parallel parking and everything. Um, I never owned a car back home in the Philippines. So, and parallel parking is not a thing back in the Philippines. <laughs> really, it's Like for me, for my driving skills. Uh, there's a lot of places for you to park and parallel parking is not really a good idea for my particular Jeep back home. So I had to practice that. I had to like wait for two weeks. So it was a struggle. And it ended up I didn't have to do that. So the practice time was a useless part for my side. <laughs> well, so, I'm glad you uh, got it done now. That's, that's awesome. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Nursing in America. Part two will be available next week. So make sure you hit the follow button and come back to join us then. If you enjoyed the episode, please help us and leave a review. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses internationally. We offer direct hire, which means healthcare facilities will directly sponsor and hire you to work here in the USA. If you're interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. You can find the link in the show notes.